It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, running back Raheem Mostert, and several of the team's offensive starting linemen spoke yesterday to the media. We're digesting what they had to say as the Dolphins continue their push to the 2023 season. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Mike, yeah, me. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the host of Locked On Dolphins, the co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to give a shout-out to our everydayers, and I have heard from a ton of you, those of you who make Locked On a part of your daily routine, a tip of the cap and in this case, the proverbial cap, uh, to all of you. Um, today on the show, here on Locked on Dolphins, we heard from Mike McDaniel yesterday. We heard from Raheem Mostert yesterday. We heard from Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg yesterday. And some really interesting themes that are kind of rolling through themes that you picked up on when I was down at camp over the course of the past week. I, of course, got home on Wednesday uh, after spending four practices in South Florida. And you, you kind of start to hear multiple people speak. You see things unfolding. And you, you kind of pick up on these storylines that you notice are common themes. And, and I think for the offensive line play, um, there are some themes that I'm really interested to see unfold. And it's not just who's going to take the left guard starting spot and how's Austin Jackson going to command the left tackle position. But this maneuver with Butch Berry as the new offensive line coach with the team transitioning away from Matt Applebaum, who served in the role last year, is really interesting because you've you've now heard a number of guys talk. You've heard Teron Armstead talk. You've heard Robert Hunt talk. Now you got Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson talking. And I don't suspect you'll hear from Connor Williams because uh, uh, of the ongoing contract situation. I, I don't think availability for him is is probably a super likely outcome uh, in the early portions of camp here. But Mike McDaniel himself was asked about Butch Berry at the start of Thursday's press conference. And here's what Mike McDaniel said. When you cut through kind of the uh, clever puns of wearing long sleeves and the bucket hat and he's him sweating a lot, you know, Mike, as he usually does, finding ways to, to bring his personality out in these conversations. I want to read what he had to say about Butch Berry. Had a previous relationship with him. This is quoting directly Mike McDaniel working relationship and when you do have that there are certain expectations that you have when you've joined back together and he's met those expectations because of his diligent command of that crew i think they've got a really cool thing going where they've been working and owning techniques that really it's probably the best they've been able to understand what we are trying to do as an offense the thing about o-line coaches if you have a good one and i think we do have 
they're typically not satisfied. They're typically ready to get a sucker punch from the side that they can't see just because of the nature of the offensive line in general. You're out-athleted because the best pound-for-pound athletes really are defensive linemen in this game. So you have to be on your P's and Q's. You can't be result-based. You have to be process-driven. And he's really done a great job, but classical line coach for him, don't ask him what type of job he's doing because he'll grumble and be like, we need to be better today, which is what ultimately I think players really yearn for. You take that and you pair that with with what Robert Hunt kind of shared about his observations of Butch Berry. And he spoke when I was there in person at the end of last week. And he was asked about Butch and what he brings to the offensive line group. And um, he, he was pretty emphatic that Butch knows what he wants. I mean, I'll, re- I'll read you the quote from Robert at the end of last week. Uh, I love what Butch brings. He's a loud personality, but he means well. He knows what he wants, and that's what you have to respect as a player. Somebody to come in and know what they want. You've got to respect that because it means it's the standard, and that's what we want to have as the standard. So it's good. So Rob was very clear in talking about, look, like he he knows what he's looking for, and you kind of got the impression like if you don't give it to him, his personality is is you're going to see it, and we got a chance to see that up close and in person, be that on the indoor practice uh, on Friday that was not open to the media or was not open to the public, but then also the, the public practices as well. He's a very animated dude, and I know we were all very, I mean, maybe not all of us. I was very surprised, and I know a number of people who cover the team were also surprised that the team transitioned away from Matt Applebaum at the end of last year. Because of obviously the the big picture offensive success, and Butch Berry, look like he spent some time with the Hurricanes, and it didn't sound like it went particularly well. He was with the Denver Broncos last year and was one of the scapegoats during the season. And it sounds like there was some players, according to to reports from those in the Denver media, uh, that weren't sad to see Butch Berry go. But the working relationship that Mike McDaniel has with Butch Berry, I think, is an important footnote here because. Mike is alluding to this is the closest that we have gotten to them grasping what we want to do conceptually on the offensive line. And then you take that and you pair that with what Teron Armstead's comments were on Tuesday. I believe he spoke on Tuesday. Yes, he spoke on Tuesday. It was the same session in which uh, Tua Loa spoke after the Tuesday practice that got pushed inside. And they asked him, Uh, about the biggest point of emphasis from the new coach. And I know I mentioned this on Tuesday, but speed and velocity off the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage. This is the direct quote from Teron. We want to dominate and dictate that line of scrimmage as much as possible. If we do that, if we knock people off the ball a yard or two, we have a great chance to win a lot of games. So you're kind of getting the feeling in piecing together these puzzles that Miami perhaps felt like they were uh, too passive with their techniques up front. And then Mike McDaniel kind of got into Liam Eikenberg technique. And I, I thought it was great that we heard from Liam in the same block in which we heard from Mike uh, on the same day. But he was uh, Mike McDaniel was asked about Liam Eikenberg. And to give you the quote, um, 
he said, we felt last year, players, sometimes in the heat of battle, you revert back to the things that you don't emphasize. Well, that doesn't mean those things were bad. It just means now you're off with your teammate who's trying to do the same point of emphasis. It's the synergy of it. Liam's really taken a step forward in that way. Year two, since you know what the word means, what the play calls mean, how we communicate, how we target, aiming points, timing. Since he does know that, he's been able to do some things that we were unable to do in year one that I was adamant that we didn't do in year one, which is move him around a little bit too. I really love where he is at in the progression, but again, it's a progression that's long because we're trying to do stuff at a high level that you really have to be empty of all the old thinking and can't revert back in the heat of battle. That's, That's the crux of Miami's issues with developing offensive linemen has been the churn of offensive line coaches. You get a set of talking points, you change the coach. The coach then changes the way he communicates. And Robert Hahn alerted, alluded to that too. Everybody kind of has their own communication. And when the communication changes, then the retention's not as good and as strong. So I think for Miami to make the offensive line coaching change that they have, you're, you're kind of taking all these puzzle pieces from everywhere, right? And the context clues tell me Butch Berry have a previous working relationship with Mike McDaniel and understanding this system maybe is going to the, the the objective is that the understanding of what we are doing is expanded more and if the uh, the understanding of what we are trying to accomplish grows and as Mike McDaniel alluded to it the synergy is better then I think the synchrony and the, the the vertical push off the offensive line is compared to trying to be a little bit more methodical or controlled when you're coming out of your stance and now you're not on the same level and you're creating log jams as just an example of the kinds of things that I think were roadblocks for the Dolphins last year. So I thought that was fascinating, really, to be honest with you, to, to kind of be down there last week and then to get the cherry on top and have Mike kind of deep dive into Butch Berry and everything with the offensive line. Um, so that was my first observation. We also heard from Raheem. We heard from Austin. We heard from Liam. Uh, we're going to get into that next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. August is here, which means it is officially the start of fantasy football drafting month for fantasy football players everywhere. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest in all times is back, and even bigger, with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million grand prize going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. 
Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. So continuing through uh, guys who spoke yesterday, Raheem. Raheem's really in a nice spot right now. And uh, you saw some plays. If you're astute on social media, you saw some plays yesterday. Uh, from the Thursday practice of Raheem getting some really nice chunk runs. And from being in attendance for a week, what I can also tell you is it's not particularly close right now who the running back one in is is Miami. And it's Raheem Moster. And uh, Raheem's kind of this weird intersection of player who's been really skilled but didn't get opportunities early in his career with a player at an age and a durability factor that has you a little leery. So that's why people are continuing to entertain some of the discussion points around the running back position. Um, But I I appreciated this question that Raheem got, and it was one of the early ones that he got. The question was this, in the run game, how much do you need to get a feel for your offensive lineman? I know there's a couple spots where different linemen are in there sometimes with the ones and you did see some reports yesterday of a couple different players getting put in into the group that you are typically associating with the ones that would indicate some level of competition for players getting an opportunity to play next to your primary center and and potentially your primary left tackle though Toronto Armstead and his practice reps are, are never going to be a high volume thing at this stage in the game Raheem was asked does that matter you want to be in sync with your guard especially your interior offensive line Raheem's answer was this, and I'll read you the direct quote from the transcript. Yeah, you really have to be in sync with the whole offensive line and have to have that understanding and that connection. When it comes to this game that has been around for years, you can't just, it's like a receiver and a quarterback. They have to be on the same page. They have to get the feel and the timing aspect. It's the same thing essentially in regards to the run. So if you're able to make that connection, particularly on the interior, it starts with the center. If he's able to make the right calls, the right reads, then it just goes and spreads out in front of everybody. So that's what you want. You want to make sure that you have a better understanding of that. And we've heard from um, over the course of the past year, the the magnitude of what Connor Williams brings is the center who's not just a center and the guy who snaps the ball, but he makes a lot of the calls and the communications in both pass protection and um diagnosing the front and and getting everybody set up for success in the front. Um, So it was interesting to hear Raheem point to the center specifically, but uh, we've also heard other backs, you know, me throughout the course of my time as a draft, Nick, uh, the most prominent example of this was listening to Jonathan Taylor talk at the NFL combine when he was coming out in 2020. And they asked him about, you know, the zone system that Wisconsin ran and the understanding of the offensive lineman playing in front of him and how that aided in his vision and anticipating cuts. And he was very adamant that having having chemistry with the body position 
of your offensive linemen and understanding how and where they leverage and win um, and, and are able to secure a defendant that's trying to cross face or he's not going to get there, so he's just going to wash him so I can kind of X this gap out and start to work my way back down the line of scrimmage uh, is really important. So I think that's one of the reasons why when you consider this system, you see the leaps in year two within this system. And if we're going to work with the thesis that Miami's offensive line production in the running game uh, was really bottlenecked by not effectively meshing the concept of the play with the technique and the urgency in the execution in the offensive line, why you saw this group kind of get hit or miss. And that's why I think you saw a little bit more success from the offense uh, running. No, it was feast or famine running to the edge, but uh, I did think there were some really nice runs uh, up the middle as well. And, and it's a little bit more elementary, right? If we're going to run up the middle. We're going to drive off the ball. And Miami under Brian Flores, which Austin Jackson played with, Lee Meikenberg played with, um, who else? <laughs> They've turned over so much of that group. But th those two kind of sticking point players who were drafted by the previous or, or the same regime, really, but a different coaching staff and many different offensive lines ago, line coaches ago, they were a little bit more of a vertical run scheme, gat scheme, and it, it was a dramatic shift. So to hear Raheem Mostert talk about the chemistry with the interior of the line and the entirety of the line and how the center, you know, seeing the front the same way that the back does when the center's down on the three-point stance, getting ready to snap the ball, and the back's obviously seven yards deep, and he's up at a two-point stance, so he gets a little different lay of the land. Making sure everybody's on the same page there is essential to success in the run game. Now, I would also say, oh, for all of the discussion around the wins for the, of the defensive line, and you're hearing a lot of conversation about sacks and how disruptive this front is. And I know some Dolphins fans have reached out to me and they're like, hey, like, is this a really good defensive line or is this just the offensive line is still the massive problem that we all perceive it to be? This line does get some good reps and wins uh, in the run game. They have had some massive holes. I know Raheem had one off the right side yesterday in practice. Uh, Brooks had the big run, obviously, at the, the end of the Tuesday practice. That was a 95-yard touchdown run. You're seeing Alec Ingold as the fullback coming through some of these holes and lanes with nobody to hit for three yards. And then the back is carrying full momentum through that. So I think you're seeing more spurts of chunk runs against this same Dolphins front that has performed so well through the first week of, of training camp. And I think that... Uh, gives me a little bit of confidence that there, there's give and take and there's there's wins and losses on both sides of the ball. So I, I think you're trending in a very healthy competitive direction. And let's be honest, there's there's not a lot of the the Dolphins' defensive front is a consensus top five defensive line in football. You're not going to face a lot of groups that are better than what the Dolphins have. You're just not. You know, and I, I know everybody wants to point to the Philadelphia Eagles, but like Jalen Carter's a rookie and Jordan Davis played 13 snaps a game last year. And they don't have a lot of other horses behind it. And it's the same group that was there last year that midseason prompted them to sign Adamakan Su and Linval Joseph because they didn't feel they had enough. 
I'd take Miami's defensive line over probably any other team in football right now. So if you can figure it out, and if you can have wins and losses and you can stabilize a little bit more, I think they're going to be fine with the added points of emphasis. Now, availability and durability and lack of continuity, those are all things that I think can derail that progress. But I think they have more depth. I think the year two leap that you've seen everywhere the Shanahan system has been, the points of emphasis, seeing things the same, it's all positive momentum. I feel pretty good about this running game being better than what it was last year. And we are going to hear uh, some of the things that Austin Jackson and Liam Eichenberg had to say, because that is what we are going to close with here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Liam was an interesting one. Liam was asked about uh, the, the learning curve and, and what's changed from moving it to from tackle to guard. And obviously, I think playing big and, and anchor with first contact is, is you know kind of where you saw the struggles last year when he was available to the team. And he was asked the differences of playing at guard. And he said, I just have to get that quicker and make sure you aren't taking too big of a first step, which is something I need to hone in on and continue to improve on getting that first step down and then getting that second step going. That's something I've been focusing on and I'm going to continue to work on. And I think you think about Liam and you saw these instances on film where he's either oversetting or his feet get stuck in the mud and hearing him kind of allude to, too big of a first step, you hear everything happens faster on the inside, right? And if you're overstepping, oh, the reactiveness that's required to flash and prevent a guy from either cutting back across your face or applying pressure before you're able to get anchored and pushing through your outside shoulder because you've set too big and you've stepped too large and now your base is too far split and you can't recover. It puts you into, into a, a recovery mode where your base isn't where it needs to be. I think that's Good process, you know, and you've heard the word process throughout the course of this a couple of times about progression and being process oriented. It's good process to kind of come away with that observation of where you need to be better. And uh, I think he has had some nice moments, even in the one on ones against Christian Wilkins. Now, it hasn't been consistent enough, uh, but there's there's time to see what the development's going to look like. And I think that is a position that is a wide open competition between Isaiah Wynn and Dan Feeney and Liam Eikenberg and Robert Jones. And like you got guys who have played and I don't think you should have any restrictions for those guys getting looked to figure out what the best chemistry is. And the nice thing is, you know, you're going to have pillars on either side of you to be able uh, to cling to with Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. So um, that position, I think continuing to see open competition, I would not be surprised if we, don't know who the starting left guard is until the week of the game to open the season against the Chargers. I think that getting as much information as possible, Mike McDaniel talks about not beginning with the end in mind. Um, 
I think that'd be a really healthy place for the Dolphins to treat that position. Now, as far as uh, Austin Jackson, Austin was asked uh, how he sees a second season in this offense benefiting him. Austin said, while I was hurt last year, I didn't go away from the facility and do my training elsewhere. I stayed here, went to all the meetings, make sure I was locked in mentally. I was in the training room or the weight room with the staff every day, making sure that I did what I had to do to be healthy and come back and perform well this season, despite being injured. Um, and we've seen that from other Dolphins players in the here and now as well. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey being very visible through the first week of his recovery from uh, a meniscus repair is encouraging. And, and to know that Austin treated the same way, you, you, again, appreciate the process. But Austin was also asked about Matt Applebaum as compared to Butch Berry. And I'll read you the full quote here. Not going to compare him to other coaches because I've had three great coaches since I've been here. This is my fourth one. I can't remember. <laughs> but all my coaches have been great so far. They're all invested in me and worked hard with me. When it comes to Butch, I like his intensity. He's very intense. How he goes about things is very deliberate. He does a good job of keeping us intense. He brings a lot of passion every day, which I think we respect and feed off of. So you've kind of heard from Robert Hunt the uh, expectation and the demand of what he wants from fundamentals. You've heard from Teron Armstead the specifics of the intensity of coming off the ball being the point of emphasis. You've heard from Mike McDaniel of having an expectation because of a previous working relationship and the uh, never satisfied mentality. And then you're hearing from Austin Jackson about the intensity that's here with Butch Berry. And you see, if you're here in person, you see the intensity. The hope is... And I'm filling in the blanks here. I, I admittedly am speculating with this. Um, it feels like Butch Berry was brought in to light a fire under the butt of these guys. To change the way you play. Because they have the athleticism. There's no question between Teron and Connor and Rob, and Austin and Liam. I'd include Liam in there. I think he's a sufficient level starting athlete. Uh, but then you also have guys like Dan Feeney, uh, who is athletically I think can play the part Isaiah win first round pick athleticism's there uh, light a fire into the rear end of these guys and get them going get them confident in what they're doing don't be complacent and as Tron Armstead said if you get that that two yard knockback coming off the ball whether it's run in your in your run concept and your play action passing concepts obviously you got to be a little bit more disciplined for how far downfield you get but that's why the horizontal components of the, the play-action pass game are so important because you can really get off the blocks and move and create defensive flow. And if you're treating your, your horizontal run action and you're treating your, your um, short-distance play-action passing and you're treating the run game all with that same level of intensity, then the pass pro's not passive. Neither is the run game. And to have that urgency up front I think unlocks so much of what this offense is supposed to look like in being well-balanced. So I'm hearing everybody kind of talk about Butch Berry and like, everybody's like, yeah, man, like he's, he knows what he wants and he's not going to let it get, get not going to let you get away with less than what you want. And, and I saw him on Friday in the session closed to the public. I saw him be very deliberate 
and have guys go back and do things two, three times to make sure it's done the way he wants it done and the landmark is right and the angle's right. So that's one of my themes, if you will, from this week that I spent down in Miami. And then like, as soon as I come home, you get all these people that come up and they talk about this theme that you observed and it gives you a little bit more context. You can read between the lines a little bit more. And I can't tell, tell you with absolute definitive confidence that that's exactly what the thought process was on the decision. But I know what the problems were last year. And I'm hearing them talk about what Butch Berry brings different. I'm hearing Mike McDaniel talk about his offensive line coach. And that's how it adds up to me. We'll see what it looks like. Obviously, the the Dolphins have uh, plenty of continued prep for the start of the 2023 season. And then we're going to get 17 games in year two of this system with the backs that you have and the offensive line that you have and potentially a few extra pieces to really see how well you can snap this into place. And if it clicks, it's going to be a fun year. Let's just say that. Uh, it's going to be a fun week next week. We also have Power of the Pod coming later today. So plan accordingly. It's our, our Dolphins fan mailbag. So hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Friday. I'll be back again later today for the mailbag episode. And I hope to see you then. Fins up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.